0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, bam, bam. diddly D. Hey,
1: it's me, Doctor Fuck, and with me, as always. Oh yeah, Ian Wadley, and uh, we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, the heroes of the of the of the cool people. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> only cool people listen to us. That's well, well, thinking. no, no, no. I take that back. I know a couple idiots that listen to us. You know, idiots that 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 we don't talk to anymore still
0: listen to us. Yeah, only cool people are on the Facebook page. Yeah, the, be uh,
1: for the cool people on the Facebook page. This is for you and those that don't like us uh, <laughs> you're hearing my voice now you fucking masochist piece of shit yes sir You he sucks
0: hey Ian so we got some like reviews and stuff oh yeah 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 we got some iTunes review uh, this one is a five-star review five stars five stars well then he's so- correct from our friend who we just guested on our show or guested on his show bj kahuna hell yeah bj the big kahuna yes from rock and a roll podcast he gave us a five-star review entitled my mom loves it i want to love his mom you know what i mean he says and i quote ian and ralph have a blast making this show and thus so do the listeners do yourself a favor and join in on the fun even after what they did to your mom. <laughs> Short and sweet, but thank you nonetheless, BJ. We had a great time guesting on your show. All right. Well, our next review, this is awesome. I got to thank uh, person who was on our Iron Maiden, No Prayer for the Dying Fear of the Dark episode, Josh Carlson. Oh, Joshy boy. Josh, yes. basis from Loose Booty. I mean, Loose Views. Uh, he sent us a UK review. You know, of course, you know, we've talked about it before. If you're not in America, we can't see what's on your YouTube. So he sent this to us. It's a five-star review from the UK uh, titled Keep It Metal. And uh, the five-star review is from a guy named Marley who says, Love this podcast, brah. Awesome, man. I love that (laughs) line. But, hey, it's a five-star review. We're getting loving in England. And we can't see it. I, w- I wish we could see all the reviews and read them. Uh, I encourage everybody. You know what? You know if you're not in the colonies here, uh, send us copies of reviews that we have in other countries, man. Because I'd love to read them and and thank the people who uh, you know showed us some love. Hell yeah, thank you. All righty, well that's it for iTunes. Uh, now I'd like to give a little update on uh, the Great Rockin' Pod Expo. Man, we've had such a great response. This is our second uh, episode that we're doing that is picked out by the fans because you paid whatever amount it was for what you wanted. And also, I did a fundraiser on the Wadzilla Rock Show. We raised $140 in five hours. And I want to thank everybody who contributed to that, including Ralph. Um, and, and I even paid money to play my own songs. So uh, it was a good time. We appreciate everything. And next week, I will have um, official confirmation on the hotels. I know a couple of you wrote me messages. Hey, I want to start booking this. I will have all the official information on the hotels on next week's episode. And, yes, there will be a discount for uh, for people going to uh, attend this, and we will all be in the same hotel. So I'll be excited to announce that next week. But thank you for everybody who's contributed. And for those of you who haven't, you know, I'm hoping you're enjoying these fan-picked episodes, and remember, you can you can get what you want, you know, you just gotta pony up. I happen to know that Daniel Lee thoroughly enjoyed uh, the Metal Church episode we did last week, and a lot of other people did as well, and uh, it was an excellent pick, and thank you, Daniel, and this week uh, belongs to Renee Sorensen, and I hope he enjoys this one. Oh, he will. I'm sure he will all right uh well let's get into some news what do you say all right man even though i know you hate the rock and roll hall of fame uh somebody you like will be at the 22nd musician to be inducted twice in the rock and roll hall of fame get him out and that is greg raleigh who oh. has already been inducted with santana and will now be inducted with journey what a shame and you know i'm
1: seeing him soon He's part of the Ringo Starr All-Star Band.
0: Oh, man. I t- what a voice on that guy. Let me tell you yeah. something.
1: That, to me, I mean, Steve Lukather, I was like, oh. Greg Raleigh, oh, I'm going.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Greg I mean, his work on those, um, I know you hate Santana, but oh, I love the that bastard shit wearing shit, piece of shit. Fuck Jesus that. Christ. Have a drink and a smile.
1: All right. I'm going <laughs> a little bit more water here.
0: Uh. But I I love that shit, and I love the stuff that he did with uh, Journey. That's my favorite Journey era, is the Greg Raleigh era. Hey, we agree, Ian. Who would have thunk? Yeah, and and I love the interplay with him and and Steve Perry. I wish that would have lasted, because after a while, it just became too much Steve Perry and got too light in the loafers. You know you're right. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... But, yeah, big Greg Raleigh fan. And it was just announced this week that Steve Perry will sing with Journey. Oh, you didn't go there. Yes, I went there. <laughs> he will sing at the induction. so uh, That I'll be interested to see. I hope he sounds better than when he sang with that other well, band a couple of years back. I got to
1: say something about that footage. I think I told you this earlier. I think I said this off air. Um, when he sang with that other band, he sang those journey songs so terrible. Then when he sang those songs from their band, those original tunes, he sounded like the old Steve Perry from Journey. I was like, well, what gives?
0: Weird, yeah, you huh? Think, you're thinking it was intentional or
1: I don't think so. I mean come on, you're gonna make your comeback. You know you're gonna you know people are gonna like put out open arms before they put on, you know, Reggae and his snow dog song, whatever the fuck that song was called. It wasn't even called Reggae or Snow Dog. I just made that up. <laughs> By the way, I hate Reggae. You like Reggae? I you guys
0: like Reggae? Uh, I like some Marley. but You know,
1: I hate Bob Marley, but there is one song I love from Bob Marley. Yeah. Stand up, get up. Stand get up for your rights. Oh, that song's awesome. But the rest, fuck, fuck that guy, man. I'm sorry. Rest in peace.
0: All right. Oh, too much die, 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 water over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, question. Should Ax- Should ACDC record a new album with Axl Rose? Original singer Dave Evans, who won't let it go that he's not in dc anymore, weighs in. And he said it would legitimate, uh, legitimize uh, this new lineup. What do you think?
1: What, he's saying something
0: positive? Yeah, well, he's saying if, if they want this to be legitimate... They do have to do an album with Axl Rose. I think it would be an excellent choice, but
1: I'm I'm very biased. You know, I'm an I'm an a- Axl DC nutswinger because I saw it live, blown away, left with my jaw dropped. I still got a scar under my 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 jaw from hitting the floor, and it was so fucking good that I would so welcome an album with uh, Axl Rose in uh, and and DC I would love it. And plus, I get to see all those idiots that wouldn't even give it a chance to get mad. That's always that's always fun.
0: Well, personally, uh, I would like to see it because I'd rather see that than a new half-assed Guns N' Roses album. And I oh, you're I, never going to treat...
1: see a fucking Guns N' Roses album ever again. Mark my words. What's that? You're never going to see another Guns N' Roses album. You don't think so? I don't think so, man. How can that? I mean, come on. It takes them forever. What twenty years to make an album? And even back in the day when people shit out albums every two years, I mean, how long did it take for, for Use Your Illusion to come out? It was like five years, wasn't it?
0: Well, I mean, Appetite came out in uh, 87. Four years. And then uh, Lies was like 88. No, I think don't Use Your, Use Your Illusions was 91,
1: I believe. But you could tell Lies was like one day in the studio, come on.
0: Right, right, there, you know, and that's why, like, oh man. Uh, we've had so many arguments on uh the pot on the facebook page i don't know if you notice this i say lies is an ep i mean it's just it's it's two eps stuck together i don't consider that an album it's you know it was their original live ep and then they did an ep you know of four songs i don't consider that an album do you no uh i consider it a split you know what a split is yeah, it- yeah, I mean, it's it's a double EP, but a double EP is not an album. To me, it's an the album
1: length is, of an album, but technically I would consider an album is when you go in the studio and record an album, right? Thank
0: you. I, I, I think the, the best chance to get something good out of Axel, especially if you don't have uh, Izzy Stradlin there to write it for him, is to have Angus Young write it for him. And within the context of ACDC, you're not going to have 10 keyboard players, you're not going to have fucking Elton Rose. You know, I think you're gonna you're gonna get the pure rock side of Axel, which is all I give a shit about. You know, that's you know, when he started throwing in the kitchen sink and, you know, wants just wants to be respected as an artist, fuck you. When you were a dirt bag white, you know, white trash lead singer and singing rock and roll, that's that's the Axel Rose I love. Not you, you see, know Ian, not, you, not uh, uh, by a piano.
1: See see here's my point. And a lot of people laugh at me about this. But it is the truth and, and and i'm not making a joke here you know okay. when axel rose went in and did fucking uh appetite for destruction he's all rock and roll and dirt baggage and he delivered but then he started dating that stephanie Seymour girl you know that chick didn't lick ass you know when you don't have I've your never lip- thought about it like that and then he got all lovey-dovey man yeah you know it's like you're going to be singing, like, about November Rain when you're dating a supermodel Don't Lick Ass. Well, you you get a girl look lick ass, you'll be talking about some chick that her daddy worked in porno. You know what I'm saying, Ian? I hear that. He drinks
0: and drives and everything's in sight. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then he just gets estranged, you know? Yeah, uh, what the fuck's up with that shit? Or, or get in the ring. <laughs> no, <Nah>, but <laughs> well, I, do,
1: I do like November Rain. I got everything. Oh, it's getting yeah. a ring. Now that's a fucking, that's, that, that's, you know, I got a funny story behind that one. Uh, yeah. I used to work at my dad's hardware store when that album came out, and the first time I li- ever listened to it, I had a little uh, CD boom box. So I plopped it in, I'm sitting there, you know, listening to the album, and, and my j- dad's there, and getting a ring comes out, and all of a sudden you hear this motherfucker, motherfucker, this and then My dad's pretty conservative, he's like, Oi and in Spanish, you know. Take that shit, what are you talking, take that off. We got customers. And I was like, you know, he does have a point. Get a ring, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, that pissed my dad off, man. Horrible song.
0: Next story. Former Ghost members are accusing Singer of trying to shamelessly turn Band into a solo project. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard because all the members, you know, the lead singer wears makeup. All the other singers wear masks. Uh, they don't reveal their identities, but now it's come out that it is a, basically an all-new band uh, that's touring now. And uh, they're eventually saying, he, you know, he was trying to pull an Axl Rose, take control of everything. And, uh, man, Ghost is a band that I got so excited with, with that first album. And there was a lot of buzz, not only from fans, but you had a lot of people like like Phil Anselmo and a lot of other, you know, bigger names were, were singing their praises. So it was almost kind of like an overnight sensation for him. But I found, like, on each album, they started to get kind of lighter and, light and move away from the dark sound that I love so much about the first album. I still like all their albums, but it's like, to me, they're definitely going in the wrong direction. And supposedly the next album is going to be, like, get way darker again. I, every band always says that. I hope it's true with this band. But uh, it's, it's kind of weird now that, you know, you know, you, you're going to have totally different musicians, so who knows what it's going to sound like. Uh, but one thing I know, you went and saw them, but we really didn't talk about it. You said there were some things you liked and some things you didn't like. You yeah, want to expand? I, I, I liked
1: when they did songs from the first album, and I hated when they did songs that weren't from the first album. I found it okay. boring, mundane, and just shitty. And then when they did the new song, the older, the first album songs, I was like, All right, I mean... I still wasn't like, whoa, this is great. I made it sound like the first album. It was cool. I was like, yeah, I can enjoy this. Yeah, I wish the whole show had fucking songs like this. But I went into the show thinking, well, maybe these new songs will translate better live for me and I can get into it. But it was—it just didn't do anything for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I was I, disappointed. I, I was very disappointed
0: that show. Uh, I enjoyed them live. I've seen them, seen them twice. I thought both times I saw them, they put out a good show. Uh, of course. You know highlights for me were always you know songs from the first first album but but i still dug it and, and i like seeing a show you know uh at least they put on a production and uh and i like that i like having something to look at you know and yeah they had know, the whole
1: stained class thing going up Stained glass yeah thing. I and, and, and it and was I liked, a nice and, stage
0: and, and certain bands you know in certain genres of music you really it, you know doesn't lend itself to that like thrash to me. When I see a thrash band, you really don't need the bells and whistles. You just need the the aggression. But with with other forms of hard rock, I don't think you necessarily need it. But I like seeing like effort put into it. And uh, you know I, I saw at the same venue I've seen Ghost twice. I saw Rob Zombie uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, and it was just such a And I'm kind of hit or miss, you know, especially with his solo career. I'm a big white zombie fan, but I'm kind of... Some of his solo shit I like, some of it I hate. Uh, But the show was so good, man. It was like, it made me feel like I was seeing everything I always heard about, about 80s productions. And I think there's nothing wrong with putting on a show. You are an entertainer, fucking entertain. And I, I like that Ghost does that. I just, I would like to see them be more heavier... And, you know, don't don't chase the radio and don't go all fucking ball metal like fucking like Volbeat or fucking Avenged Sevenfold, you know, don't pussify yourself to get on the radio. Just, you know, be that dark thing that people fell in love with on the first album.
1: But, I saw uh, Rob Zombie, by the way, uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, he put on a hell of a show, but I really hate the fact that he just sings every other word like Vince Neil, but but even, like, more exaggerated than Vince Neil. And, uh... But, I mean, to me, the highlight of the Rob Zombie show is the John 5 guitar solo. Holy fuck can that
0: guy play. Oh, good lord. And and the funny thing is, damn it, John Lord... I mean, not John Lord. uh, John 5 keeps joining bands that don't need a guitar player. Like, I'm a huge fucking Manson fan. But a talented guitar player is wasted in that because it's not... It's more industrial. Which well, anybody
1: it. talented is a waste in that.
0: No but offense. I, I know that's your opinion, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's not. I want to see him in something where where the guitar is at the forefront, and it's not in Rob Zombie either. You know. Uh, you know what uh, I
1: do like about Marilyn Manson, though. I never said
0: this to you. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming. Thanks. All right, well, we had another passing this week. Oh, Uh, man,
1: two, two epic passes. passes. I did a tribute to both last night.
0: Oh, well, uh, is one of them Don Rickles?
1: Yes. Oh, my God, Uh, I love that guy.
0: Oh, I love Don Rickles. I saw,
1: saw, dude, check this out. This was classic. I never seen this before. You know that uh, Ozzy Ozzy was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel with Don Rickles? I saw the clip.
0: Oh, I didn't see that. And,
1: and Don Rickle goes, How old are you? And he goes, 62. He goes, Yeah, you look it. I love that guy. I've got to tell Don Rickle's story. This is so epic. I put it up on my Facebook for those who didn't see it. Um, there's a, This is a classic story. Frank Sinatra told the story with Don Rickle sitting next to him. Uh, Frank Sinatra, he was on Johnny Carson. He goes, i got to tell you a story about Don Rickle. He said, one time, Don Rickles took a girl to dinner, right? And, and Frank Sinatra was sitting at the other table, with Dean Martin, all these people. So Don Rickles goes up to Frank Sinatra saying, hey, Frank, uh, do me a favor. Can you walk up to the table and say hi to me? So, Because I told the girl I know you, and you know, just to impress her that I know you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, when I'm done with dinner, I'll go over there. And he, you know, Frank, uh, Frank said he was almost done with dinner. He was having his espresso. So he finished his stuff. He walked over to the table, and he goes up to Don Rickles. And goes, hey Don, how you doing? And Don looked at him and goes, can't you see I'm eating here, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy yeah. rules, man. I love fucking Don. Remember CJ Sharky, whatever the hell that show was.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In the late '70s. Good yeah. shit.
1: Good shit. That guy. Oh, no. oh God bless Don Rickles. You know what? He may have been 90, but to me, he's like, dude. It was like, come on, man. Ruben oh. Delarosa. I
0: love that guy.
1: His grandfather lived to one
0: oh one. I wish Don coulda too. Oh man. I, I just they showed some footage the other day of him. He just went and roasted Kirk Douglas, who, who who's a hundred. And he's still alive <laughs> with a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah and and Don Rickles and I hadn't seen like footage of Don Rickles like in the last few years and Don Rickles looked like really rough, but he's still there ragging him. Yeah. You know, and it just Hey what what I love about Don Rickles is um, he picks on everybody, and that's kind of like, that. that's how I am, and the funny thing is, I'm the liberal, and everybody thinks liberals are these, you know, like, oh, the, the word police, and you can't say this because it's offensive, and I'm totally not, I pick on everybody, and I saw a great clip of Don Rickles, and he says the same thing, he goes, I pick on everybody, you know, you know, the whites, the, the, the Jews, the blacks, he goes, we're all created equal, he goes, the Puerto Ricans, he goes, well, maybe not the Puerto Ricans, but, <laughs> you know, And that's what I love is, is I'll say shit about everybody. Like uh, when uh, we were on BJ's show and I, I, I made a joke about i tell Christina Aguilera I'm black, so she'll bang me. Yeah. And you could hear a pin drop, like, both of you shut the fuck up. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'll, I love everybody, but I'll insult everybody at the same time. And Don Rickles was the epitome of that. And, uh, and... Don Rickles
1: is the best. The best. Uh, I love oh, the hell yeah, out of that incredible. guy. We also lost the great Paul O'Neill, which I was not aware of this, Ian. I, I'm aware of his uh, shit with, with Sabotage, of course, and uh, right. and TSO. So I looked him up because I wanted to do a little tribute to him tonight. I had no idea he produced the first Badlands album. And, oh, that's
0: right, he did. I forgot about that.
1: And uh, a very underrated Metal Church album, Hanging the Balance. I was like, yeah. oh, shit, man. He he had something to do with these albums, so I was
0: very impressed by that. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. And, and you know, you would have never thought Badlands, you know? You know, you know but, but what's funny, though, is as soon as you said that, I just remember... Because I'm that guy, like, whenever I get albums, I always look at that. And now, I, in my mind, I can see the back. I'm like, you're damn right. It was him. Holy shit. And, and, and it sounds nothing like, you know, the shit you, you know, because you always associate him with Sabotage or that overblown orchestra shit, you know. Uh, but, man, what a great sound on that first Badlands. You know? I got to say
1: something about TSO. I have never seen it live. It's not something I would listen to at home. But, man, the footage I've seen, I'm such a procrastinator. I'm dying to go see that shit live. Because it looks like such a killer show with the lasers. And, and I love Al Petrelli. I love the musicianships. I love I love to go see... You know what? I, I like to go see McLaughlin live. I like to see, you know, like... I'm going to go see Victor Wooten again soon. It's not stuff I listen to at home. But I love to watch amazing musicians play. You know what I mean? Pat, right. Um, Pat Metheny you and know, shit like that. I love to go to those shows to see that, so... Uh, and I don't know why I always like skip uh, TSO when it comes here, but this year for Paul, I'm
0: going, man. All righty, thank you. All right, well, uh, here's something that's good for metal news, I guess. At least for metal sales, uh, Metallica's "Hardwired to Self-Destruct" has returned to the top five on the Billboard chart.
1: Yeah, I like how they did it too. I'm I'm part of that chart. I helped them get up that chart. You know yeah. how they did it? How did they do it? They are counting all the CDs they sent out. Oh, that's right. That's right with the tickets. With the tickets. So, if you bought a ticket, you get a free CD, but they count those as sales.
0: Prince did that. And and, and I re- I remember them counting that and it was kind of a controversial thing like, you know, does this really count or not? Uh, no. what's your opinion on that do you think it counts
1: no but fuck it it's good for metal so what the hell and I love the new yeah. Metallica everybody can kiss my ass thank you I'm mad
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sober and I'm mad alright uh, well here's an album that's uh, getting a re-release that you don't like but I'm excited about uh, Anthrax is going to release an expanded reissue uh, anniversary edition of State of Euphoria well, let me tell you something about that Ian <clears throat> I
1: like Stadium Fioria as much as Among the Living, though I will say Among the Living has better songs, but Stadium Fioria I think has its moments. And I was very surprised by I don't know if you saw the interview by Charlie Bonate. They were yes. inter- You saw it? Yeah. Alright, when he was in the in the record store, he was like, Yeah, it's like, you know, I always consider it our worst out, but man, listening back, it was like man, a couple of those songs are really good. I forgot about Schism. And I was like, thank you. I love Schism. That's like my favorite song. Well, that and Be All, End All. And I was like, wow. I mean, because I always considered Schism as something that they never played live. And I think they just threw it on the album for the fuck of it and had no respect for it. To hear Charlie said he liked the song, kind of like, wow, I don't feel so alone. Because nobody ever talks about Schism,
0: ever. And I love that song. I think that song's great. No, I, I agree. And, you know, it's an album a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, it's it's total filler. It's too rushed. And then you have people that do, uh, you know, stand up for it. You know, I don't think it's their best. But, man, to me, songs like uh, I Love Finale, I Love Now It's Dark. Now It's Dark the- is Good. Yeah, Be All, End All. Awesome song. You, you know, and it just sucks at that the only thing it's known for is Antisocial, which at the, when it came out, I, I loved the song, but like now I never want to hear it again because if you see them, that's the only song you hear off that album. And I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. You know? They did throw but, out uh, Be
1: All, End All when I saw them headline with Testament and oh,
0: yeah. Death Angel, which was great. Cool. I've still, still never seen them uh, with... Joey, I've only seen him with John, and uh, and you know all you would get is antisocial. And like I said, I I, I liked it, but you know it's a cover and it's just I, I've just heard it so many times. And oh man, if they played Now It's Darker finale, I oh god, or Schism, you know. But yeah, be uh be all end all. Uh,
1: yeah, no, uh, believe it or not, I, I I really despise Persistence, not Standing Before You as much.
0: Yeah. Uh, See, and I
1: I I, love I that know. Album. I know. A lot of people love Persistence. I don't get it myself. I just think well, that that album's
0: just terrible. Well, I, again, I think it's pretty. It's it's kind of half on that. You know, people. I don't think there's too many people who just say. eh, People either love that album or they hate it. Well, fuck. And to, and to, and introduce to me, me to people. I hate it. I feel so alone. Oh, there's a lot of people who fucking bitch about your buddy Justin Childers.
1: Uck. Anybody else? I'm just kidding, Justin. I love you. See? Even mad, I love Justin. You little drama queen, you. You little minx. Well, little's a... You tall-ass minx. Oh, my. Oh, Him and Marshall Harold, have you been keeping up with that? Oh, good lord. Oh, my God. Have you seen the Kiss, Kiss, Kiss page? Their fights?
0: Oh, yeah. It epic. is
1: pretty epic, man. They really, they, they really don't get along. But, um... Oh yeah yeah a uh, state of euphoria <clears throat> which I, I own i and i actually recently bought it on vinyl see i'm not that much of a hater of that album
0: oh well you should have held off and got the the new special edition
1: yeah but how would i know they'd ever re release that where in countless interviews i've heard them say how much they hate it but here's a funny thing and i have this on uh no no i don't have it it's on youtube You just gotta search for it i don't know what it's called but they, were, they did an interview with Anthrax, and of course, like every band, uh, right before Stadium 4 came out, they were talking about it. And Charlie's like, oh yeah, I hate, I hate the drum sound among the living. And and he just started praising how Stadium 4 is much better. You know? And now they hate it, you know, but. And yeah. another cool thing st- Charlie said, he's like, I still, I still hate Make You Laugh. I was like, yeah, dude. That was the one song I could not stand off that album. And it was actually a single.
0: And, you know the, the one that I, and I don't hate the song, but my least favorite was um, the homeless one. Oh yeah,
1: that sucked. Uh, who cares when? Yeah,
0: who cares when? And
1: misery and loves company. See, see, see. I,
0: I, I didn't mind misery loves company.
1: I gotta, I gotta thank Anthrax for Now It's Dark because it introduced me to the amazing Blue Velvet, which oh, I, I
0: love that. Movie. I was not
1: aware of that movie until I. was... Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, you know, when uh, the the song came out, I don't know how I figured out that. Maybe it said it in the liner notes or something. And I went to go see that. Oh, I, I, I rented that movie on VHS. Old school, oh. baby. And oh, my God, I love it. I have it on Blu-ray now. It's one of my favorite movies. Probably my favorite Dennis Hopper
0: movie. Love it. Love it. Well, there, I love so many deaths. River's Edge. Are you familiar with River's Edge? I love, Edge?
1: I own River's Edge oh. with Crispin oh. Glover, that fucking wacky oh. ass. Oh, the yeah. Slayer, Slayer, The music
0: of Slayers in that movie. Oh, yeah. All right, and the last story, and I don't know how you feel about this album, but I'm a big fan. Oh, I hate Mac- it. Max Cavalera said... uh on nail the next- bomb? Yes. That's yeah, all right. Yes. Uh, I love that album, but I think what's so funny is, you know, Max was legendary at the time saying that He wanted this just to be a one-time thing. They did the album. They did the one show and released the live album, uh, Proud to Commit uh, Commercial Suicide. And he said he never wanted to do it again because he wanted it to be something special. You know, either you were there or you weren't. And now he's going to do it. So I got mixed feelings. Like, while I would love to fucking hear that because I love the album, it's like, you're going against everything you said that it was about in the first place.
1: Yeah, so. you know, and S.O.D. just did the same mistake But you know what, man, I may be like Well, no, I'm not the only guy I know a lot of people are like that But a lot of people hate the S.O.D. Just like they, love, they hate the new Metallica Because, um, you know, they, they just, you know, they can't accept it
0: Yeah, well, I loved Bigger Than the Devil I thought it was a great album What do you, you think? I love
1: Bigger Than the Devil The only problem I have with Bigger Than the Devil Is the first two songs After that, I'm fine what you didn't you did not like the title track dude that shit sucked it was uh. like i hate when bands try to be pantera there's only one pantera i don't mind when bands rip off sabbath and shit but pantera it, it never ever translates well with me and i didn't like the next what was the second track it wasn't kill all assholes i think kill all assholes is when the fucking album started for me i think that album's fucking phenomenal um evil is in uh celtic frosted frank's uh yeah. Every tiny molecule. I love that. Frankenstein and his horse, bro. <laughs> Frankenstein and his horse. horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I love, love, I love Bigger Than Devil. I actually have a hoodie. A Bigger Than the Devil hoodie. Oh,
0: man, it's, I never got to see S.O.D. Oh, That's I saw him awesome.
1: twice, dude. And it was like, dude, I got to tell you this right now. <laughs> top five show in, my, in every show I've ever been to. Uh, it, it, it's in the top five. I saw them with Crowbar in nice. uh, 2000 in Orlando. I drove to Orlando to see it. And we hung out with everybody. And Scott Ian, I have never seen him in such a good mood in my life. It was weird. But Scott Ian, I think, was goofing on me, dude. Because I said to him, hey, Scott, I saw you guys in Virginia, because I actually saw them in Virginia with, on the Volume 8 tour. And uh, I said, I saw you at Jack's. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's the club with the, with the, with the fence around it. Like the Blues Brothers when they throw beers. And I was like, oh no. I think he was fucking with me. You know, just to see if I would fall for his little bullshit. But he was, actually that night, Scott Ian was like personable and nice. Uh, I don't know why.
0: Because every other time I found him, he's a dude. And I don't don't know how I missed that show. Uh, You know, because I lived 50 minutes from Orlando. That was in 2000? Man, I don't know how I fucking missed that show. I would have loved to see that, man. But uh but yeah, that is that is the last story, and now let's get into our review. This was paid for and asked for by Renee Sorensen. Thank you so much, brother, and he wants a review of the brand new overkill album, The Grinding Wheel. And I myself am more than happy to give it to him. What do you say, Ralph? Should we do it?
1: Give him what, you homo?
0: <laughs> the review. Oh, okay. All right.
1: Now we're gonna review the night, the 2017. Hey, that's this year. That's we're yes. recording. This yes, shit's sir. brand new. So you know our opinions may change, but it's the grinding wheel from Overkill. Another. Yes. Another Overkill album. There's so many of them. Um, yes. Yeah, this is, an, this is a band that has way too many albums. Kind of like Motorhead. Talk about oh. Overkill.
0: I wouldn't say too many albums. Uh, I think there's too many bands that don't do enough albums. Eh,
1: I don't know, man. Sometimes I get lost in the shuffle with Overkill. They, they have so many albums that, like Motorhead, like, you know, like we have a future Motorhead episode of somebody uh, that um, I'm kind of like, uh, wow, I never listened to this one because there's just so many of them, you know. And uh, But, you know, since this one is new, I, I've listened to this album maybe three, four times. So I'm giving you a brand new perspective of it. My my opinions may change, but I don't know. I really don't know. I think this uh, kinda this album is kinda like what I think about it, I don't think it's gonna change it, to tell you the truth, and I will explain when we go by track by track and uh, I recently got the vinyl, which I haven't opened up yet. Does it bring the C
0: D inside? Uh well mine doesn't. I I bought a European edition on green vinyl. That, oh, did I get fucked on? Because <laughs> the fucking shipping was as much as the goddamn album. I ended up paying 50 bucks for the fucking album. Are you serious? Yeah, uh, I think it was DJ Mack was breaking it down for me. He said everything. ever since this Brexit thing happened in Europe, it's really fucked up uh, like what it cost to mail shit from, from Europe. And it depends on what country now too But it's really jacked up shipping costs Yeah, I had to pay $25 in shipping uh, But I do have a special limited edition Green double vinyl of this album And uh, I'll tell you what I've listened to this album way more than you And I will say my opinion has changed on some
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I just walked away to grab my copy because Seriously, fuck what you say Um, it's black vinyl. Here's the thing. Um, the guy I buy stuff from could have got me that green vinyl. He, he, he always, he always, I buy, I buy my vinyl from a guy that lives here. Miami Metal Merchant. I've already talked about this guy who made the Your Skull vinyl. Well, he, he sells vinyl and he always shows up to the shows and I always tell him I want black vinyl. I always stress that to him. And, uh. Let me open this up because I haven't opened this up yet. Gotta find a guitar pick. I use guitar picks to open my albums. And oh, here's the. Wow, I found this Armored Saint guitar pick that I was looking for. Cool. And let's see if this is even a double vinyl. I don't even know. Yeah, it is a
0: gate gatefold. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, it is too, a double vinyl. Yeah, the was too long to be a single vinyl. Yeah, it is double vinyl, and uh, it is black.
1: And, uh, let's see, where is this from? This album was made here in the good old U.S. at uh, Kerber City, California.
0: USA. Yeah. Uh, uh, mine, you know, they're signed to Nuclear Blast, and, uh, you know, Nuclear Blast has a U.S. edition, and they have a European edition, and if you go, and they have two separate websites. If you go on, on the U.S. edition, you can get the black vinyl, and I believe, like, uh, Chris Blazemore from our uh, our podcast page, he got the splattered vinyl that's got like green, black, and white, and all kinds of and clear and everything, and uh, but the European, I mean, they've got like a, a red, an orange, a, you know, a green, a black, all this. But when I when I think of fucking Overkill, I think of you know the black and the green, you know, and and I love I love colored vinyl. I I just uh, saw. Overkill on this tour. it was were, an you too incre- drunk,
1: were you too drunk to remember the set list? Can you tell me the songs they played while we go through them?
0: Uh, I, well, uh, yeah. I could, what, what songs off this album they played? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Okay, I, good. Because I, I I'm curious.
1: Because there's some ones on here that I'm curious if they played live. Because they're good.
0: Yeah. Uh, they only played, I'll tell you this. Let me look right now. One, two, three. They played four off of it. Okay, and and they weren't necessarily the ones that I wish they would have, but I mean, you got it. They were doing a co-headline tour with uh, Nile. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so I I I mean, I think they played in total like fifteen songs. Right. Um, great show, but I mean, a band this long in the tooth, I want to see headline and do like a two and a half hour show. But then again. You know, a two and a half hour show, a thrash show out of guys in their fifties, yeah, you're you kind of hard pressed for that. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's not easy what they do. Especially if you listen to this new album; they they do not slow down.
0: Oh no! Not at all. Oh oh no! And uh, we have to mention uh, that this is another album. This is this is one that a fan paid for, Renee Sorensen. All right, Renee. And your middle name is Allen Allenham. I, I know I'm probably fucking that up, but Renee Sorensen uh, requested this. He donated forty dollars, which gets you—you you can pick a hard rock or metal album. And uh, you know, Renee's another guy here who, you know, more than likely can't make it to the expo, but just loves the show so much and wanted to hear this review. So we thank you so much, Renee.
1: Ah, uh, so. So what you're saying is that they paid forty dollars. It's limited to hard rock and metal. Where this guy that paid a hundred dollars is asking for this thing that's not rock or metal.
0: Yes, that yeah, I'm yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just for those of you who didn't pay attention before, uh, we're doing donations for the Rock and Pod Expo. Twenty dollars gets you a CD out of either mine or Rouse collection. You know, whoever you want, you know, name a CD. If we got it, we'll autograph it, sign it to you, send it to you. For $40, you get to pick an episode of of the show, but it's got to be, you know, a rock or metal album. For $60, you get to pick it and guest on it. So you will be, you know, uh, you know, you will be like the Bill Wang, you know, you will be our special guest. Uh, And for $100... You get to pick it, be on it, and it doesn't have to be rock or metal. It can be any genre. So, yes, well, you know, let's, not, let's call it spade a spade. DJ Bushy, Nate Adjanson, paid $100, and he picked a band that you would not call rock and you would not call metal, and Ralph is dreading it. But I would I not call good. <laughs> well, you haven't even listened to it yet.
1: Oh, my God. I already know what they sound like. But yeah. you know, I, I want to say one thing too. Like what you were saying, if somebody pays, what is it, twenty dollars? They get one of our CDs. Right. If you get one of our CDs, I mean, what Ian says, we'll autograph it for you. Well, be specific because, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't want Frankie Binali to sign my Quiet Riot two album. You know what I mean? So maybe some people don't want us to sign an album we're not part of. Just well. you know, just make a specific <laughs> look. I want that CD, but but don't write on it. You know what I mean?
0: Well, right. Well, I mean, it, it all depends on. I mean, to to me, if it's if it's a CD like that, you know, <coughs> you know, the twenty dollars, that's just something we're throwing out there. If you don't want us to sign it, just yeah, say yeah, it. Just make you it that specific. Honestly, <coughs> I, I would but, but, but to me, to to well, to me, if I got a CD out of your collection, something I knew you listened to forever, I would want you to sign it to me because for twenty dollars, I can go buy the fucking CD. <laughs> you know, the yeah. whole thing is they're getting something out of our collection right, that, right. That, that we've owned. Well, that you know, I
1: mean, we can sign something and add it to it if you want. You know, you can yeah, keep it yeah. in your CD. Yeah,
0: yeah, it all Yeah, whatever you want, you know. Right. But, uh, but
1: it would re- it really look nice if you would buy a Thrasher die CD from me. That way I can autograph it and it'll be legit. Yeah.
0: And or or, or that. You, know, you could buy a Van Halen album. You know, CD for me, because, you know, I was there spiritually, you know, and I'll sign it. All right,
1: so let's get into the album.
0: All right, yes, this is the 18th studio album. Jesus Christ. 18th studio album. That's crazy. Metallica has like six albums. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the 18th one from Overkill. Uh,. Very much anticipated because fans were eating up the last three albums. And I'm talking about White Devil Armory, Ironbound, and uh, uh, Electric Age. A lot of people liked those, so people were really excited for them. I did. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I've played this album numerous times. Ralph says he's heard about three or four. So we'll let Ralph take the opening track, which is Mean Green Killing Machine. Alright,
1: I think this is a killer tune with a minute and a half intro that grabs me by the throat and squeezes it tight, right up to the middle of the song where it takes a strange section that kind of loses me, then into the Sabbath-y I Hear Black vibe that is pretty cool, but I can do without the woes. But that's a small price to pay when it goes when, when it goes back to full-blown speed minor flaws that does not ruin it for me and that's how i feel about the first draft me green killing machine
0: all right uh, man i couldn't disagree with you more this is one of my favorite tracks on the album and i love when it takes that turn and he starts singing in, in you know like in a like a real singing voice uh, you know, not just his usual blitz scream. I think it sounds great with the background choruses.
1: Well, that's the part I like. I'm not saying
0: I hate that part. I just hate the woes. Okay, well, I I, I love the woes. I love every seven minutes and 29 seconds of the song. Uh, this was the second song that they released off this album. Uh, the first one they released, at first I was like, oh, man, it didn't grab me like... For The last three albums, every one they released, like the first one, I was like, oh yeah, right away. Like, oh, this is a new classic. This is a new classic. The first one they released off this, I didn't get it first. This was the second one, and I was like, okay, now we're fucking talking. Uh, This was amazing. This is what they opened the show with, and it was fucking amazing. Uh, Love this song. Uh, I would say... Tied, tied for first right now. Tied, tied for first for my favorite song on the album. All right, what do you think of goddamn trouble All right, goddamn trouble ain't never gonna stop. This was the third one that they released off of this. Uh, the second video, but the third song released they never made a video for Mean Green Killing Machine. Uh, but they made a video for Goddamn Trouble. What was the first video? Uh, Our Finest Hour okay uh so goddamn trouble third song release second video uh at first this one kind of left me a little lackluster uh I mean I I like the punkiness vibe of this is definitely uh overkill showing their punkier side and they've they've never been unabashed about their love for punk uh you know even you know fuck you is a is a punk cover and uh um Sonic what Reducer. Was, yeah, Sonic Reducer by the Dead Boys. Because uh, uh, Dee Dee Verdi and uh, the late, well, not, not, not like he's dead, but he's not the band anymore, Rad Skates, were very much into the punk scene. And uh, you definitely get the punk vibe on this. And this one was a grower on me, but now I fucking love it. They played this one live and it went over live. Amazing. Uh, Man, sometimes, you know, a band, especially a band this long in the tooth, when they play a new song, you're like, ah, shit. Man, I was right up front when they played this, and everybody around me was going ape shit. Everybody was singing along, and that's what's so cool. I mean, I saw him basically at, at an oversized bar uh, here, Southport Hall. Same place I saw Saxon. I've seen Crowbar there. Amazing venue, but very intimate. <laughs> you know, if you want to get right up to the stage, you get right up to the stage. And, uh, man, I, I, I looked around because I was curious, you know. Okay, how many of you motherfuckers know the new album? And everybody was singing along. And to me, that was very encouraging that that these Overkill fans aren't just like, hey, play hello from the gutter. You know, they, they knew the new album. They embraced it. And uh, man it, it went over great live and it's definitely grown for me uh, in my appreciation for the song what do you think Ralph
1: uh, uh, this one has that classic WFO sound to it I, I hear it like, all over the song I've heard people think that these lyrics are stupid nine times out of ten when people think that I, have, I actually love it you know like you know like, a, we're so fucked shit out of luck. You know how people fucking uh,
0: right, say right. how stupid
1: that is. I love that shit. And, you know, I'm just not so anal with lyrics when it's like this. I like it a lot. There, There's one short section that kind of loses it for me again. But lucky it's not that long. And the whole, let's go, and that's right, to kick in the riff is something I could never get sick of. It's like kicking the song and making the goal. you know what I mean? It's another winner in the overkill
0: arsenal, as I would say.
1: Um, Yeah, I dig it. All right, I'll go to the next one. Our Finest Hour is one of the finest songs on here. This is the one that sticks to me, that stuck to me like the first time I heard it. I guess I didn't, I guess I heard it the first, I don't know, I don't remember it having that much of an impact on me until I heard this album. Uh, this is just a smoking track from beginning to end. Nothing can distract me here. All sections fall into place with perfection. Non-stop headbanging, raging overkill song. I give it two thorn, I give it two horns up with a kick in your mama's cooch.
0: Hey, all right. Hey. Uh, this one. This was the first one released from the album, the first video, and this one just didn't grab me as much. Uh, you know, like, for White Devil Armory, he had the armorists and that that song, like, that already, like, the minute I heard it, shot it in my top five overkill songs of all time. It was that fucking good. Uh, the album before that, the Electric Age, Electric Rattlesnake, I was like, yeah! You know? And uh, I can't remember what was the first single i Wasn't Print
1: pr- 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 Me the Night from... Uh...
0: Oh, yeah, Ironbound. Yeah, bring it yeah, yeah, Great song. love, love, love that, man, yeah, love that, that one. Uh, you know, so this one at first, I, I thought it wasn't on par with with the last three, like, first singles from the album, and it kind of worried me a little bit because uh, Bobby Blitzen was saying in interviews, he said, you know, Ironbound, Electric Age, and, and White Devil Armory You know they're all like they're like a triplet record you know they all have the same theme and he said what he really wanted to do with this album was draw off of all eras of overkill he thought he thought while he loved he said while he loved those albums they were kind of one-dimensional in in their sound and like he goes I want stuff that sounds like 80s overkill I want stuff that sounds like I hear black you know I want stuff that sounds like you know new Overkill. He he wanted to show more variety on this record, so I was like worried because I thought they were really whatever direction they were going in was fucking amazing. And uh, so when I when I heard this and it it didn't particularly grab me at first, I was a little worried, but then on repeated listenings, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I get this. This is slamming. And I, I know Ralph, you can back me up. You know Ralph is a motherfucker, who on his first listening a fair warning thought it was absolute shit. Yep. I only you like you
1: know? I only like to hear about it later. Yeah.
0: Episode. So you know, and and I know I've been the same way with albums. Either I didn't like it first, or sometimes I'm just so excited for a new record by an artist that I'm like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing, and then as time goes on I was like whoa this sucks I was that way with the Black album when the Black album first came out I was like oh yes new Metallica oh my god oh my god and then like a couple months later I was like this shit ain't nowhere near as good you know as what's come before but uh you know so I was worried when I heard this but now I'm fully on board for our finest hour I think it kicks ass I love it what do you think of the next one Ralph's shine on
1: someone left the cat out in the rain come on now as i said before nine out of ten lyrics that people find stupid i disagree but this is one out of ten i would agree with i don't understand why this would be a video should have been our our well it was our finest hour you know uh this one really does nothing for me not a song i could get into at all and that come on, Becky vocals is just annoying to, to no end. And that little middle section seems so out of place. It's like your mom at a Planned Parenthood meeting.
0: All right, shine on. uh Yeah, this one they just released a video for. So it's the third video and the fourth uh, single, I guess you would say, off the album. And I can't believe they released this one as a single, because there's an out, There's a song on here that is just screaming to be a single, and uh, this one isn't it. I, I don't hate this song by any means, but uh, it's not a, a standout track. And if anything, I think my opinion is actually lessened for this song. I and I believe. I could be wrong here. I'm sorry if I'm misquoting, uh, but I believe John Holt said this was one of his favorite songs. And uh, man, I'm just not seeing it. Not again. I don't hate it, but uh, it's it's not a favorite, and definitely not uh, uh, excuse me a standout track. Uh, I'll take the next one, the Long Road. Uh, this is my least favorite song on the album. Uh, this is one that was supposed to be kind of like their uh, tribute to the new wave of British heavy metal. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is a little bit different musically. It's more akin to the new wave of British heavy metal than thrash. But... Uh, one thing I will say it shares in common with the new wave of British heavy metal is it sounds like an Iron Maiden song because it's way too long and way too repetitive, especially the chorus. That
1: we've come down this road a million times before,
0: and I hate the way he says that, and he keeps saying
1: it, a thousand times before,
0: and it, oh my god, it just like man, if if there's a skip track, but the funny thing is. Now that I'm buying vinyl, I'm not skipping tracks because I'm not fucking up the record and half the time I'm drunk and I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, across the record. I'll just let it play. <laughs> but, uh, but man, if I'm, if I'm listening to this and this comes up on my phone or I'm listening to it on my computer, this is a skip song. Uh, not horrible, but it's just that fucking repetitive fucking chorus. That gets on my last nerve. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Well, I can't disagree with you more. Um, Wow. Yeah, because um, you said this ain't horrible. It is horrible.
0: Oh. Fucking terrible (laughs) song.
1: I hate woes in song. Part of the reason, many reasons, I can't get into recent made. Terrible intro to this song. Then it kicks into a song that is so much better, but that's not saying much for me. This one I find poor and really worthy really not worthy of hurting my neck for songs like Finest Hour The Long Road is lackluster not a fan but it does have a little Batman theme like bass solo that lasts a few seconds that's pretty cool so it does, so I do have something to say nice about it where the first two I just a little thing I don't like this one just has a little thing I like uh, I don't like it alright I'll go to the next one let's go to hades now this one i fucking love i love the not so typical vocal melody on the first verse you know that kind of the way he sings i've never heard an overkill song like this sound like this then it goes into something i don't find as cool but it's still not bad at all i'm sure this one was meant to be a filler but i'll take this over shine on big time uh let's go to hades shines if, uh, and if you
0: don't agree, let's take it outside. Take it outside. <laughs> no way. not uh N-O. Oh, God. All right. Uh, let's all go to Hades. A solid track. A solid track. Um, this is what I would call killer filler. Uh, not, not a single, per se, but... Uh, but, but a good a, a good track, but not a standout track. But uh, I dig it. I definitely think it's better than uh, Long Road or Shine On. I'll say that. All right. Come All right. Heavy. Come Heavy. You want me to take this? Yeah, go ahead. I fucking love Come Heavy. Holy shit. Great groove to it. Now, this one takes me back to, like, I Hear Black. And, uh... But what's really weird with this one is, like, lyrically. Lyrically, this... You know, he's talking about what he likes about a chick's hair and shit like that. You never heard that on, like, an Overkill song before. I don't think there's ever a song about how you want to fuck a chick, you know, or how she turns you on. But, uh, man, I love this one, and I love the groove. Use your head. Use your head like that. Okay. Um... but uh, man, I, I I dig this fucking track, and this it's a it's a good like, like a feel good rocker, and uh, you know what I, what I like about it too is is the time length on it. There's a lot of long songs on this album, and this one is like perfect at like you know under five minutes, and it it, it just comes, it kicks ass, and uh, and and then it's gone, and I, I great fucking track. I love Come Heavy. What do you think, rap
1: the first time I heard this song, it like threw me back. I was like, wow. I think it was Metal Mike that played it. Uh, I did hear on the metal station. I don't know who, which, the, it might've been Metal Mike. And I was like, fuck dude. I love the verses with the heavy traditional type riffs with the crunchy riffs. Uh, and you know, now studying the album, I really dislike the middle section. I find it kind of weak and to stick, you know, to stick in this killer tune. There, then a decent solo, but back to the speed bumps. But then it goes back to the killer verse at the very end. This song has so much potential. It, if the whole song was like the beginning and the end of it, it would have been my favorite track on here. But the middle of this song kind of ruins it for me. But I gotta tell you, man, the, the, the parts I love on this song is like so good. It's just a shame, like the whole the whole song's not like that. Alright, I'll go to the next one. Red, white, and blue. Sure. Now this is what I'm talking about. Killer. Killer to Cranking the metal with no sign of lame ass sections to throw me off. I'm hanging on this song for dear life and can't let go, even if I tried because of the metal is gripping me harder than you do to your noodle while watching attention.
0: That's true.
1: Hell yeah, this is a great song. I love Red, White, and Blue.
0: What do you think? Uh, red, White, and Blue, tied for my favorite song on the fucking album. Holy fucking shit. Do I love... I mean, this song... Um, and it has something that I'm very on the fence with, and that's the gang vocals. Uh, it's very East Coast. It's very Anthrax. It's very Twisted Sister. You know, it's 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 an East Coast thing with these gang vocals, but there's there's it's like a tightrope, because it can either be really cool and enhance the song, or it can make it so fucking cheesy. Uh, and and this one does it perfectly. With they "Give us liberty, or we can give you death." Oh my God! And that riff starts, dude. I am flying a plane in the White House. Demanding you give me fucking liberty, I am fucking. Oh my god, do I love this fucking song? Uh, but man, it's so it's so neck and neck with, with Mean Green Killer Machine because I, I love that one too. But this one, I don't know. Maybe I gotta give Red White and Blue the fucking notch for for you know best song on the album. Maybe just by a gang vocal, Uh, and why is this not a fucking single off of this, why is there not a video for this, holy fucking shit, because I think this has amazing potential uh, uh, for crossover appeal, I, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, none of this shit's getting on MTV or nothing like that, but I mean, I could see this one on on some kind of, like, whatever they call current rock radio. And I could see people banging their heads. And even people aren't necessarily thrash people. Just when it gets a, give us liberty or we can give you that. That's right. You know, oh, my God. I love God. It. that That's right.
1: To me, puts it over the edge. Even, oh, yeah. That's right. Bad. That's right. I oh love that. That, that. that little section is like, fuck yeah. You know, it makes me like. Oh, wanna punch a baby.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, Seriously. yeah, dude, I get the same fucking thing, dude, and I love that that that, you know you know, whatever the fucking age you are, and I'm about ready to turn fucking forty three. You know, it's it's like that a song can still have that like kinda grasp on you and make you feel like you did when you were a teenager when you heard fucking metal and it fucking changed your life. That's how this song is. And it's just like, God damn it, dude. And they just recorded it in 2007. Well, I mean, they recorded the album in 2016. But you know what I mean? A modern track that can have you like that and then give you that kind of feeling and that kind of power to like, yeah, fuck everything. This one was pushed back quite a bit, right? Uh, Well, uh, yeah. It was, I believe, it was supposed to be released in the fall, and there was some kind of mix-up uh, between the producer and the record label, and uh, o- Overkill basically, you know, Nuclear best like, hey, we can release it like it is now, or we can wait, and Overkill said, hey, we, we really believe in this, so we want to wait, so, uh, and and then I think, you know, they waited longer than they had to because they kind of put it out with the corresponding tour. Like, hey, let's put it out right when we're starting to tour. Uh, so I don't think it had to be as postponed as much as it was. But, uh, oh, my God. What a fucking track. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's your favorite, right? Yeah. Well, I got I, I, I got, to say. I got to say.
1: My favorites are Finest Hour. And Red, White, and Blue would be my third favorite. Really? My second favorite is The Wheel. Nice. Yet another kick in the balls right here. This song will make me headbang till my neck muscles turn to dust. Definitely a fucking neck breaker. Play strategically near the end to not make this an anticlimactic album. Very well executed metal beatdown. It is a brain bruiser. I love this song, dude. It's amazing. I was like, wow. Now this is a killer. Killer tune that makes up for you know, the long road and shine
0: on for me. I love it. Uh I I agree. I absolutely love this song. The only thing I find weird is like they have a song called The Wheel right before a song called The Grinding Wheel.
1: Which which oddly enough when I was listening to the Wheel, because I was listening to it on my iPod. I was thinking, right. well, I guess this is a title
0: track. Then they went into the grinding wheel, I was like, Oh shit, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, I, I find that kind of, kind of weird but and a little... that
1: really doesn't really
0: take anything yeah, away, though. It's just a yeah, weird thing. Yeah, I mean, and you hit the nail on the head. I think it's more of a problem in my head than it is on the album, you know, but I would like if you have songs that are titled that similar, maybe to space them out. But then again, it's like, well, you know, would this be the best opener? I don't know if it's the best opener, but it's one of the best tracks. Definitely, you know, uh, maybe I would have thrown this on side one, and and you know moved moved one of the other two songs I don't, I should say don't like, but lesser favorites, right. on side two. Uh, but I, I I love the wheel, a great great fucking song. Did they play uh, it? No. Problem. No. They played no, they, our
1: finest hour though. Right?
0: They played. Mean Green Killer Machine, Goddamn Trouble, Our Finest Hour, and the bonus track. Ew. Yes. All right. uh,
1: no shine
0: on. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No shine on, no long road. But yeah. uh, unfortunately for me, no red, white, and blue. Yeah, because, that's
1: unfortunate
0: too. So because right. I, I I, think that live. Oh yeah. my God. The, the pit for that. You know.
1: Well, if they do a headliner, maybe they'll throw it in.
0: Yeah, that that would be that would be amazing, uh, but I, but I, I don't know. I'm surprised. Like, man, them are making Shine On a video. I was like, wow, you're already three videos and four singles into this album, and you haven't touched Red, White, and Blue. Yeah. Uh, you probably won't now. But I have a feeling. Uh, there were some interviews with Bobby Blitz, and uh, they were talking about how. Um, you know, you know, but the climate the world's in right now, and it's very political, and you know, a lot of people are on you know one stance or another, especially in the U.S. And they asked him if you know a lot of this stuff's political. He's like, I try not to, because people in the band disagree politically, and maybe that's why that song is not a uh, because what what I get out of it. Uh, you know, is very anti what's going on right now. But you never know. It's also up for interpretation. Yeah, no,
1: when I I read the lyrics, and it is anti, but then it's pro.
0: I hear, like,
1: both sides in that song.
0: Right, right, and that's what I love about it. But to, to, to me, and maybe it's how I interpret it, you know, I interpret it very anti what's going on now, but pro what we should be. Like, we should overthrow this bullshit that we're in the middle of, but, you know, like he said, there's people in the band that have different opinions. So, you know, some people don't don't want to draw that line to the sand, where I'm all about drawing that line in the sand. But some people don't want to because, you know, there's a lot of bands uh, that are taking heat on, uh, on the web for stating their political views. You know, and I was really surprised. There's, there's some people who have been uh, anti-Trump. Who have taken a beating on the internet, and, and people who, and, and the same token people have been pro-Trump that took a beating on on the internet. So I can see maybe wanting to stay neutral and maybe staying away from that song because it is political and could go either way. But yeah, I, I, but that's why But I mean, I mean, we're, again, we already talked about that. We're talking about the wheel, and the wheel is an amazing, solid rocker. Oh yeah. And then it leads into, you know, what, what what officially ends the album. There is a bonus track, yeah. but uh, the title track, The Grinding Wheel, I fucking love it. Uh, and and it reminds me of, of epic closers uh, of Overkill from the past. You know, songs like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's as good as Gasoline Dream, but reminds me of Gasoline Dream, reminds me of when they used to end with an Overkill song, Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of got that, you know, epic feeling to it. And I, I really, really like it. I just wish the wheel and the grinding wheel were separated a little bit more. But, uh, I, I love both songs and I especially love the grinding wheel. I think it's a great way to close out the album. What do you think? Awesome closing.
1: Uh, more mid-tempo and fucking cool. And, uh damn worthy of the title track I, I like this one a lot and, and it's a cool way to end this album End it with, well, end it by slowing it down a bit but but you know it, it won't stay that way that fast riff kicks in and it's back to next breaking speed to push this title track over the edge into this black hole kind of section where it almost sounds like uh, what what happens in Seven Son of the Seven Sun where it's only bass and you hear that that drum that what's that thing that the si- not the symbol that you know that little fuck off again man I don't know yeah, the in I
0: know what you're talking so, about you know how Nico
1: does that while yeah. while Steve is doing the little bass thing that it goes into that I, I found that you know it definitely doesn't sound like it but then from that it goes <coughs> into this almost like. A doomy war territory, because I've heard war do like that doom, du- that doom type of manowar shit, and you know Overkill are big manowar thing so I can I can totally see them. It's a little nod to war there, and then it ends with a cello, dude. That is badass. Oh yeah, you know? I mean to, to end an Overkill album with a cello. You know, it brings this epic to places Overkill's never been before, and hopefully a direction I would welcome in future Overkill albums. I love this song. It's epicness, metallicness, awesomeness, and it should have ended the fucking album. I hate, I hate the bonus track, and I love Emerald. The thin in really? classic. closet. I hate it. Sorry, it's not a good cover. It does not fit them well at all, as the delivery is very overkill, and and Thin Lizzy is not meant to be overkill. I feel it's pointless. Now, Thunder and Lightning is more of a song that should have been overkill, not this. I actually prefer Ace Frehley's version of this. I don't like the way they did Emerald uh, at all. It just—I don't know, man. It was like it takes away the magic of it. I think Emerald shouldn't be fucked with. That's my opinion.
0: Alrighty. Well, yeah, it is important to uh, uh, say that this is a bonus track, but in these days and age, you know, what, what does a bonus track really mean? I mean, if it's on there, it's on there. And uh, I kind of get what you're saying. Here's my thing with Emerald Emerald's not even my favorite fucking Thin Lizzy song, it's one that's heralded by Thin Lizzy fans really love it. It was never, to me, I put it up there and I know you're going to hate this, but I put it up there with Black Rose. You know, just not not my favorite songs. Not my favorite songs by any means by Thin Lizzy, but it's something the fans love. Now, I thought Ace did okay with it, but again, it's like you're covering a song I really don't care for, so it's like it can only be so good. I think their version of Emerald is better than Thin Lizzy's. Who, Angels? Yes, that's funny. I, I, I like. I, I think it gives it like the the kick in the ass it needs. And when they did it live, it went over really good. It went over really good. He did a nice little speech about Thin Lizzy, you know, beforehand, and when it kicked in, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it live. And, uh, th- this is, this is, a uh, what the fuck? Uh, that's uh, outside, I'm outside. Uh, this is, this is a rare example of, uh, a, you liking a cover of a song you didn't like. And for you that happened, uh, when Ace did The Joker by Steve Miller. You said you hated that song, but you liked Ace's version. That is true. Well, that's kind of how I am with this. I wouldn't go as far as to say I hate Emerald. I would never say I hate Emerald, but it was always one of my lesser uh, Thin Lizzie songs. I
1: should say that to the guy that just drove by on the motorcycle because he was going over there to kick your ass.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Give me liberty, or I can give you death. That's right. Uh, but no, I actually I, I do like Emerald, but I. Uh, I'll say this in all honesty: the album would be better with without it on there. Yeah, if a little, I, little I, grinding wheel. Yes, I I, yeah. I think I think unfortunately that's a product of uh, you know of of the day and age we live in, where everybody throws in bells and whistles. Every fucking album has bonus tracks, and it has all this and that to get you to buy music in a day and age where people just steal it and uh that's unfortunate you know i i think every band would be better off if it's like it was in the vinyl days where if you can't fit it on the two sides of vinyl it goes on the next fucking album or you make a double album and i and i would like to think if this was a single album and, and if you look at it time wise you take away emerald you take away shine on and you take away long road you have got a solid fucking Overkill album that fits on one record. Yes. You know, and, and that's why, uh, you know, it it, it it sucks because, you know, I can kind of understand it more in other bands that, like, take years and years in between recording records to where you just throw everything on. But for a band like Overkill that really never goes more than two years without a record out. They don't have to do this. I think they could have trimmed a little bit of fat off this, but it, it's a small gripe. I still think it's a great record. Is it as good as the last three? I don't know overall, but the stuff that I, that is great on here, man, I, I'll put it up against the greatest shit off the other albums. So it, it's a it's a tough call, but still for a thrash band, either fucking fifties that has done this many albums man i have to tip my fucking hat to overkill uh still a a good fucking record man and then and the way you described it to me the way you felt about i thought you were going to hate on this a lot more than you did i think i think you kind of enjoy this album
1: well not as much as because you see i can't really complain about the three albums before this Right. There's no songs I disliked on those songs. This one. Right. No, to believe me, I mean, even the songs that one of your favorites. It's like I, there's certain little elements I don't like about it.
0: Right. You know. Right, but there are songs that you do truly like, love, and you think are like great additions to the Overkill
1: canon. Yes, especially you know my favorites. They're, I Right. You know, I did tell you that before, and I go, and then there's some I really love on it.
0: Right on. Right on. Alright, you got a pick of the week? I do have a pick of the week. And I am keeping it with Overkill. I know we don't normally do that. But, uh... An, an album I really think people need to go back to is Ironbound. Uh, that really kind of set this resurgence of Overkill uh, back and forth. It was their second album... Uh, with the same lineup. But I, I think it's where they really found their feet in songs like The Green and the Black, uh, Ironbound, Bring Me the Night, The Goal is Your Soul, In Vain, Killing for a Living, The SRC. I mean, it's a really, really solid, modern, uh, overkill album. And, uh, man, you, you just you can't go wrong there there's a lot of people who gave up after horoscope oh yeah yeah i'm done after that i i tell you get yourself a copy of ironbound and then call me back because i i think you'll be pleasantly surprised
1: yeah i don't know if i said it earlier in this episode but like i was saying it's like so many albums that you know I, i i some of them i just don't go back to and i and i found them to be good albums like relics is a good example Right, that the one with pound of flesh, I think. Yes, I, mean, I remember it being a good album, but I don't revisit it they have so many albums. But Ironbound, I still listen to. You know, the last right, three, I still listen
0: to. Right, like 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 some semi like 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 relic and, uh, you know, killing kind. Those are albums I I really don't go back to, but you know this is one like man when I heard this one I was like yeah they are back and it started like a really resurgence for Overkill
1: the one I go back to a lot that's not talked about is from the underground below.
0: That, that's a real good one.
1: I've recently that, bought it on vinyl.
0: Yeah, I, I want to pick that up. They they got a good price on it. It's black vinyl and uh, I want to get that. Yeah, yeah. Because he's... you're the one that told me to go to that because I was more of a Necro Shine guy. I love yeah, Necro. Yeah, I, I
1: love that album too. A lot of people uh, complain about that
0: one. Oh, I really love that one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, But after you recommended From the Underground Below, I was like, let me go check this out. And I I was really happy with that. So thank you for that one. All right, cool. All
1: right. right. My pick of the week is uh, what I consider the greatest hardcore album ever made. But I'm not an expert in hardcore. But the best one I've ever heard is uh, The Age of Quarrel from The Crow mags Uh, Nice. It's it's an album that that I love listening to. I love, of course, hard times and we got to know. But then there's like... Rural peace and, you know, and street justice and survival of the streets and face the Fact, sign of the time, don't tread on me. A great, great album. Um, you know, if you want to like, I think it's a good starting point too because it does have that metal, you know, kind of uh, overtone to it. That uh, if you want to get into hardcore, start with Age of Horror from the cro I
0: think it's a goddamn classic. That's my pick of the week. Nice. All right. Well, now we got to go into Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week is the man who asked for this album, Renee Sorensen, a former regular Fan of the Week. But, uh, man, he's the guy who put his money where his mouth is, and, man, thank you so much. Uh, he hails from, I'm going to fuck this up, Asenberg, es- es- Denmark? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked her, you know. (laughs) Uh, But, man, it's so awesome uh, to have a fan. This is the second review we've done uh, from fans who have paid for it. And it's our second out of the country. Our first one was from Australia. This one's from Denmark. And it's so awesome that we are reaching people across the fucking globe. Uh, You know, that, that get what we do, that laugh at our fucking jokes... Uh, you know, that get it. And renee has been here for a long, long time. I remember him from, you know, the early days of the podcast, being on the page, contributing. Uh, his favorite movie is Total Recall, and you got to love that, you know? So there you go. Yeah,
1: great movie. I enjoyed the the remake. Did you see it?
0: Uh, I was not a fan. Really? Not a
1: fan. Yeah, yeah not, I'm not as much of the Arnold one. But yeah,
0: right. the first one kind of stuck. I mean,
1: the last one kind of stuck to how the book really was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I, I like the action, but no, no, yeah, yeah, of course. Get your house to Mars.
0: Well, there you go. Right. And uh, so Renee Sorenson, thank you so much, brother. Uh, and, and and again, this is a guy that probably you know can't make it to the expo, but is still supporting what we are doing, what we're trying to achieve. And, and and that that's a true fan right there, just trying to help us out. We appreciate you so much, brother.
1: Hey, everybody should donate to get Renee over here.
0: Yeah, that'd let's be nice. Start
1: a, let's start a Kickstarter.
0: You know what? Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw this out to you live on the air, Ralph. And unfortunately, this won't apply to Renee, so I'm sorry. But depending on how much money we can raise. If we can really raise, like, kind of over what we're trying to do, I'm willing to do a contest where we fly a fan in for the show. Like, like, you know, we'll cover the airfare. Yeah, I'm down. You know, you know, like, like, okay, you you got to get your hotel, you know, but we will pay for your plane ticket yes. if you want to come to this. I, I'm willing to because our audience has stepped up so much, especially compared to the other podcasts and I hope their audiences end up kicking in more and, and, and they, they are chipping in, but we by far have the lead. But man, if, if we can raise like what I think we can, I think we almost owe it to as a payback back to the fans where you and me split a paint plane ticket for one fan to to come to this. I'm down to do it. Awesome. Totally. You heard you heard it here first. And kids. we should
1: you know we should do it within a month. Yeah, you know, because uh, you guys got to remember, airfare goes up the closer we get to the date. True,
0: true. So yeah,
1: yeah, I'm down. And 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 uh, I'm telling you this right now, and I don't mean to be sexist or anything, but if you're a chick, you're definitely gonna get it. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Justin, we know what you look like in a wig, so yeah, calm down. down yeah. All right, let's get to the plugs. Listen to the rock show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, uk, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern
1: The Rock Show with Gully and Joe Listen to it, don't be a cunt You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal based podcasts You'll find everything from music based episodes, interviews To series such as ultra sexy classic album series with some of your favourite musicians Producers, journalists and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Alright, KISS Army. Since
0: 2007, you've been getting kissed, The KISS Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right. It's your podcast. Every month, the Podkiss crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss talk like no one else. Whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace
1: and You're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss, the
0: podcast, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears.
1: Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Earpeeler, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about.
0: All right. Well, if you enjoyed that overkill-filled episode, and we know you did, come back next week. What do you mean, We? Why do you always say we? We? Stop talking for me. Uh, we're not in agreement? No, I don't think everybody enjoys our episodes. Well, if they don't, fuck them. That's and right. fuck you. They get no fucking plane tickets. <laughs> That's right. Well, for those of you who did yeah, enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's like, all right, if you enjoy that episode
0: and if you want a trip to Nashville, to we know you did. <laughs> Come back next week when superfan Jimmy James Schwartz picks what album we're doing. What is it? Tune in next week and find out. All right. I can tell you this. It's a good one. Yes. And that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hasta luego.